Welcome to another episode of the Alter Your Health Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, hello and welcome. We value your time and energy and hope you receive a lot from tuning in. As a listener-supported show, we rely on you to help us grow. We'd be so grateful if you share the show or a favorite episode with a friend or fellow health seeker. Living a healthy and nourishing life doesn't always come easily, especially in today's crazy world. But that's why we're here, doing what we love, hopefully helping you along with information and inspiration that fuels your health pursuits. If you're looking for more support, consider subscribing to the monthly Meal Guide membership. Just $11 per month gets you access to a weekly meal guide filled with healing and delicious whole food plant-based recipes, along with invitations to our regularly scheduled support calls where we can connect, answer questions, and keep the good vibes flowing in our healthy lives. You can learn more at www.alter.health slash meal dash guides. And if you're looking for more in-depth support, check out our other services. We offer both one-on-one consulting as well as educational programs. All of our current offerings are listed at www.alter.health. Our ultimate goal is to empower you to heal yourself. Keeping with that theme, let's dive into today's show. Welcome to another Wisdom Wednesday episode of the Alter Your Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Ben. And I'm Dr. Susanna. And we are both naturopathic doctors who empower you to heal yourself through whole food, plant-based nutrition, as well as mind-body medicine. And we've got another great episode for you today, talking all about the emotional and energetic nature concerning the liver. And we know through kind of traditional classical you know, medicine, uh, Chinese medicine and Ayurveda and such, the liver tends to be associated with anger and rage and these sort of emotions in terms of like the, the, the energetics that influence liver function. Um, so we're going to talk about that kind of stuff and what to do with these emotions, how to feel them in a healthy sort of way, because by no means are we telling you to suppress your anger or feel less angry when you feel angry. Um, that's certainly not the answer in any sort of healthy and sustainable sort of way. So we'll talk about what we feel like might be a better approach. Yes. I'd also like to just acknowledge that we are not anger experts. Yes, we, we, yes, I am. we just like you are human beings. Oh, uh, we, ex- I thought you said we're experts, anger experts, like experts at being angry. Oh, yes. oh. I was identifying with the, the ex, expert at becoming angry. Yes. Well, we are, we are certainly human beings, you know, just like everyone else on this planet. And what that means is that we feel angry from time to time. Yeah, for, and we might even act out from that anger from time to time. For instance, if you are joining us live, you, you might know that this is not our normal Wisdom Wednesday time. Um, we uh, had a little bit of a technical difficulty and we might still be having technical difficulty in terms of our internet connection. Um, Sometimes it, just as a little tangent, sometimes the internet connection really interferes with the video quality, sometimes not so much the audio quality. So we're sorry if this is kind of interrupted the video stream. (laughs) Yes. Anyway, let's start the conversation by talking about the brain liver connection, specifically how the state of the nervous system directly affects the function of our liver. And remember when, when we're talking about the nervous system, we often talk about the sympathetic branch and the parasympathetic branch of the nervous system, the parasympathetic branch being the rest, digest, 
heal and detoxify branch of the nervous system. So what that means is that when we are in a calm state, when the nervous system has a, you know, we've upregulated parasympathetic activity, that's when the liver does its best work. And uh, it's detoxifying. It's helping with digestion by creating and secreting bile. Um, It's supporting our immune system and all the wonderful ways that it does so. It's doing all the 500 amazing functions that the liver does. And that's why um, sleep, which I guess we didn't really talk about that much uh, in Medicinal Monday as being a therapeutic, important, practical therapeutic strategy to support liver health, getting a good night's sleep. Um, because when we're sleeping, of course, we know that our body is in a genuinely relaxed parasympathetic state. That's how sleep is our best medicine. Um, but in addition, of course, just to recap medicinal money, we talked about living a low toxicity lifestyle, which of course is being mindful of our food and our air and our water, things that are coming into our body and how whole food plant-based eating is really mitigating our toxicity exposure by eating low on the food chain and also focusing on the nutrient density that supports all those liver detoxification pathways, et cetera. But we failed to consider uh, another source of toxicity, Um, in our lives. And that's really the toxicity of our own internally generated emotional state through our thoughts that we're believing. And, um, you know, to put it simply, you know, we could be eating the most pristine diet of like organic, fresh picked off the bush, berries and whatever, (laughs) like just all the good nutrition. Uh, But if we're in a state of anger, resentment, stress, whatever, like whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to name it. If we're in that kind of stressful state, as, as far as the body is concerned, it's just stressed, right? If we're in that stressful state, our body is going to be not healing. You know, we are going to be creating more dis-ease and disharmony in the body and less health. And we know that, we all know that, like we all feel that, we all know that conceptually and most likely experientially as well. Um, But again, what do we do with that knowledge? What do we do with that information? Right. And I think what you're pointing to is that when we are feeling more of this stress, we're producing more stress hormones like cortisol, adrenaline, and the liver actually plays a big role in metabolizing these hormones and neurotransmitters to break them down. So if we are in that state of chronic stress and always generating this elevated amount of stress hormones, it gives the liver one more task it has to deal with, burdening the liver even more. And as you remember from our Medicinal Monday episode, the liver already has so much it has to do. Yeah, it's got its hands full. So uh, we don't need to overburden it even more so with our stressful thinking and ruminating and worrying and anxious thinking and future fantasizing and you know which again easier said than done what's the practical way of uh, approaching this yeah yeah what is the practical way of approaching this because we've already mentioned that the liver is associated with anger and rage it is the seat of anger and rage yeah. in the body and uh i um if it's okay with you Susanna, i wanted to bring up a, a brief thing that you shared with me yesterday, you were feeling angry and you thought you, you told me that you want to. And of course, for those who don't already know, Susanna's 39 weeks, like full term pregnant, you know, could be popping out of baby, um, like literally any moment. Um, so 
anyways, you were saying how you don't want to deal with this like some stuff and you're just going to like disconnect from your computer, turn off your phone and you're, you're just not going to deal with that stuff. And I was the like, stuff that the stuff that was angry, quote unquote, making you angry. And yeah. I, and I was, um, of course, suggesting like, is that really the answer? Like, of course, maybe it makes sense in like a short term phase. Like I'm going to disengage with that for the day. I'm going to take a break from that for, for the week. But if we continue to relate with our life in that sort of way, then we're constantly going to be running around and trying to orchestrate and manage our lives to make our lives more peaceful because we think that our peace and our well-being mentally and, and whatnot is coming from the outer circumstances that we can, if we, only we could like get that person to talk less and not call me, if only I could, you know, get those guys to drive faster on the highway so that I can get to that appointment on time. If only I could manage my outer circumstances, then life would be better. And of course that just leads itself to the perpetual rat race, I guess, in so many ways that a lot of us find ourselves in. And of course, um, we're, we're inviting ourselves and I was inviting Susanna um, to look in a different direction, you know, like, do you really need to do that to find peace and to let your anger go? Do you really need to unplug from that device? And again, make, sometimes it makes sense, but is that like really the answer <laughs> in a, in is a, is it the long-term sustainable answer? Is it the long-term sustainable answer? And is it actually getting to the root cause of where the so-called anger or stress is coming from. Right, right. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, this leads me to think of, you know, a different kind of part of the conversation, which is that, like, when we are in a state of anger, like when we're really feeling it, um, <laughs> you know, it was good. It was good feedback you gave me last night. But I was still in my place of anger feeling like righteous in my anger. Like, what? No, I've been harmed. I've been harmed and I, and I deserve to feel this anger. And that's you know, the exact kind of theme of the liver <laughs> energy is that victim, righteous, harm, you know, like kind of mindset. Oh, totally. So how's your liver feeling today? Oh, it's feeling much more peaceful today. <laughs> but that's the beauty. That's the beauty of um, our human experience and the weather of emotions, how we can feel something so intensely one moment and give ourselves some time and just let that experience dissipate, right? We let that storm pass. And last night I was feeling like, oh my gosh, the storm isn't going anywhere. I, I'm like obsessing about this and I don't want to be obsessing about it. And I was kind of judging myself for obsessing about the anger. No, 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 no. But always 100% of the time, the storm does pass. Mm. So that's beautiful to acknowledge. But I think, you know, there's still kind of this question of like, okay, well, what do I do? How do I relate to anger healthfully? How do I relate to it in a way that supports my liver and supports all of my other bodily functions, right? Yeah. How do we? And <laughs> I mean, if you're throwing that question to me, you know, the, the way that I try and relate, do my best to relate with anger is the same way I try and relate with all of my human emotions, which is that it's just that, you know, we, we brought up this idea a few weeks back about emotions being energy in motion. You know, that's what emotions are designed to do. Stay in motion. 
like an ob object in motion stays in motion, right? There's some law of physics until acted upon by another force or something like that. Mm -hmm. So our our emotions stay in motion. Like that's what they're, that's what they're designed to do. But we in our innocent human tendency selves um, stop them within ourselves and hold on to them and keep them from moving through us. And that's where things can get problematic. So it's not anger that is a problem. You know, anger is, is just as much of a part of our human experience as joy and peace and, um, you know, enthusiasm and uh, inspiration. You know, anger is just as much as our human, just as much of our human experience. Hopefully we, we're experiencing, maybe we're experiencing more of the inspiration and peace and less of the anger. But that's to say that there's nothing wrong with feeling anger. It doesn't mean that we're broken or, or damaged. I mean, it just means that we're working. We're, we're, we're in our human experience fully. Um, and the, the way to, you know, relate with that is to let that go, <laughs> to let that move through us. And again, you know, um, I, I feel like I'm, again, kind of like an expert with this because... <laughs> Because I have, uh, like, I I have become, I had become, I I am recovering from. I've, I feel like I'm mostly recovered from holding on to anger for a lot longer than I ever needed to. Um, so I I was like an, I had developed like, like uh, calluses from just gripping the anger, um, and it doesn't feel good. And that it doesn't, that's kind of the ironic paradoxical thing is like, oh, this sucks. How yeah. Do, oh, it feels it awful. It's how like do you're I let punishing it go? yourself. We are punishing ourselves. But, mm -hmm. you know, in my case, it came from that egotistical, righteous victim mindset. Like, <laughs> and um, if, if we, I, I don't know if there's like a right or wrong way to letting things go because the kind of ironic thing is that they're already gone. Like, like it's the, the anger that we're feeling is just delusion. You know, we're, we're in the delusion. We're not in reality, in reality, we're in the present moment where that, that energy, we can't contain it. It's, it's moves through, but we're like, you know, in our humanness latching on and sucking it back. So it's like the letting go is such a passive thing. It's not a, an action that we have to take or a practice that we develop or a skill that we need to master. It's like built into us to let things go. And uh, I, th I think that a lot of, a lot of people are kind of programmed or trained or what's modeled is holding on to, you know, what's modeled for us, you know, from, you know, through society in all ways is holding on to stuff and victimizing ourselves and, being right or wrong or good or bad and, and um, holding these grudges that again, punish no one except for ourselves. And from a, you know, emotional kind of relationship standpoint, and of course also a physical physiologic health standpoint. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is that what's also modeled in society, like you're saying, you know, kind of holding on to stuff and kind of complaining about stuff with each other, right? That's modeled, that's modeled in society. But another thing that's modeled in society is also actually kind of suppressing anger. Um, I think, you know, for a lot of people, 
they grow up feeling like it's not okay to express anger. If you yeah. express anger, you're kind of a bad kid. I and- see. I, I grew up. I grew up with kind of the message that anger was actually the only thing that was okay to express, or not not the only thing that was okay to express. But if I wanted to be heard, and if I wanted something, um, then being you know having an having anger and communicating from anger was a great great op- great way to get heard or get something. So, so yes, it's a complicated emotion um, that society relates to, right? Um, but yeah, I think it's it's important to acknowledge that uh, suppressed anger, kind of unacknowledged anger, um, is not any kind of long term solution either, and that's obvious. Um, we've talked about this before, just um, especially like the work of Dr. John Sarno, which I love. Um, you know, he talks all about how suppressed rage. Um, you know, a lot oh, yeah. of people like like I I would identify with this. Like a lot of people have deep seated rage that they don't even really know about that might come to the surface from time to time on very rare occasion but yeah. um and when it does come up it scares them right so they try to push it back down yeah so yeah what what you, you what have you what has been your experience and process with uh because i think we come from anger and rage from very different perspectives like for me it's like really easy (laughs) super easy to get angry super easy to throw a temper tantrum and uh you know i've like i said have been recovering from like letting it go you know i always used i used to say that like i used to have this um emotional hangover that would last weeks or months you know um it's like something would happen i'd have this and then i would just kind of keep it with me and now the emotional hangover tends to last, you know, minutes, maybe seconds, you know, maybe an hour, an hour. Or, I don't know. Susanna mm-hmm. would know better than me. But oh, it's much faster. Cool. Yes. So, but anyways, that's kind of my experience of like, <sighs> have had no problem feeling the the rage and letting it go through me. But what has your been your experience been with like allowing yourself to? Yeah, I'd say that my pattern um, has definitely been to uh, not acknowledge when things don't feel right to me to not really acknowledge, you know, the 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 no or my boundaries or whatever. And um, it'll kind of build resentment to the point where at some point it kind of bubbles over and explodes. <laughs> and, um, you know, I would say that for me, it's really been a journey of acknowledging my inherent wealth, my inherent power. It's okay. Your did I, my, did worth, I say wealth? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, oh, worth? Well, I guess worth, worth and wealth is kind of, <laughs> they're synonyms. They're just kind of used differently. Sometimes. My, my, my inherent worth. Um, my inherent power that it's okay to say no it's okay to like have boundaries that's all okay and that's healthy um but when that anger has bubbled up when it does bubble up um i think that sometimes it's so strong there's this compelling urgency that i need to act on it and express myself from it and you know, let the person know how they've abused me. And you yeah. know, I, I really have you know had that tendency of of playing that victim. And um, what's interesting is I think you know, for what it's worth, for the listeners out there, the thing that has really kind of helped me the most, in addition to kind of acknowledging that self 
self-worth and just speaking up when things don't work for me and, you know, boundaries and all that stuff. The other thing that I think um, how I relate to anger now is that when it comes up, it's an emotion to be felt, right? It's an emotion to be felt and it doesn't necessarily have to be acted on. And interestingly, when we let the emotion pass, as it always does, Oftentimes on the other side, if we look back at what we were angry about, either it's no longer like we kind of look at it and it's like, oh, wow, I was really worked up. I really created a lot of anger for myself. It's no big deal now. Or sometimes we look back at the situation and we say, okay, like that still has to be dealt with. But when we handle it from a balanced, grounded place, that actually allows us to actually resolve the issue um, and move on so that we're not stewing or perpetuating this kind of angry, injured victim state, right? Yeah, I think that's a really important message. It's like we can still act and respond. It's like, oh, you know, even if someone, quote unquote, does something wrong and we have to fix it, we don't have to fix it angrily. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we try to fix it angrily, yeah, it feels really good to our ego, <laughs> you know. Um, but in terms of our soul and in terms of uh, practical resolutions and peace, yeah, there's often better ways. Yeah. 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 Well, um, I think that about wraps it up. I think so too. I just want to say, I think it's really cool too. You know, when we do our whole food plant base or when we do our, um, our seasonal cleanse, oftentimes we hear from a few participants like, you know, oh, wow. Like as I'm cleansing my liver this week, I've been feeling emotions just kind of come up from, yeah. you know, nowhere. It's quite common. Yeah. That's that, that, that being said, whenever I hear that, it's like, um, I always think like, where else do emotions come up from? They generally come from nowhere. They generally just bubble up from, <laughs> you know, we, again, we're, we're trained to think like, oh, happens all the time. Like, oh, you're angry. What's wrong? What happened? What did so-and-so do or say? Mm-hmm. And again, just reaffirming this delusional outside in reality that is disempowering and false. <laughs> it's not true. It's not our true reality. Um, so anywho, yeah, but, but as we, I think that what you're speaking to is, I feel like as we kind of nourish ourselves physiologically, nutritionally, we have a deeper capacity to feel and process and embody and transcend and integrate our energetic and emotional struggles, if you will. And, you know, they can kind of, we can heal more wholly and become more, because that's what healing is, becoming more whole. And of course, we are more than just our organs and cells and physical body. We're multidimensional beings and we can integrate this human experience and nourishing ourselves nutritionally is a huge part of how we are able to feel more deeply. I, in my experience. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, I certainly hope to be back on Monday. Well, actually I'm, I'm neutral about it. If I'm back on Monday, Great. If I'm not, that means that I've got a sweet baby that I'm just loving up on, right? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> just, yeah, I guess just some housekeeping. Yeah, we're we're continuing the podcast until a baby comes, at which point we're taking a couple of weeks off. And um, then I'll be resuming without Susanna. And I think that we are also almost 
ready for a little another shift with the podcast. Um, so if you've got any questions or feedback or comments, feel free to leave them below or, you know, shoot us an email or message or whatever that might be. But otherwise, we just look forward to staying in touch and seeing you next time, whenever that might be. Bye for now.